What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, super fan of the Reds and also Bearcats. Way to go, Bearcats. Huge win over Temple last night. Number five in the land. They should be getting some college football playoff votes this year. That's what I got to say anyway, but let's talk about the Reds. Let's talk about third base because the Reds have a problem. I have an idea for a solution, and I've got some play. I want to kind of do a little playoff recap thing. I might do this as a segment throughout the playoffs, just kind of goofily recapping the playoffs. That's all coming up on today's Locked On Reds podcast that's brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app today and join the room for the Reds or for all kinds of different conversations going on around sports. That's the Spotify Green Room app. They're changing the way that we talk sports. Let's get going. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If this is your first time finding the Locked On Reds podcast, make sure that you are subscribed right here to the YouTube channel or that you're following me on your favorite podcasting app. Got audio, got video, and thank you for making me your first listen because Locked On Reds is free and available on all podcasting platforms. All right, today, let's start off with the topic that I want to talk about, kind of recapping the season that was for both these guys, talking about where we are Oh, it's a little bit frustrating. So let's talk about third base. Uh, This year, third base was a black hole. Third base was probably the worst position on the field for the Cincinnati Reds when you break down offense and defense. I mean, Gino got a little bit better as the season went on, but you could tell he was still shell-shocked by getting moved to shortstop and failing there. And then whenever he came over to third base, he still had to kind of get his bearings. So when you look at Gino and you look at Moose and you look at this third base situation, you're like, oh my gosh, what are the Reds going to do? Let's break it down this way because I, I think that the Reds need to commit to one of these guys. I think in this situation, there's a lot of situations in baseball where platoons make sense and you have two guys who can really give you some key at bats against different types of pitchers. And when you have two third basemen, you've got a strong core. The Reds have two third basemen, and I think it's a weakness. I think it's something that they kind of need to figure out what they want to do with. And I'm not saying, yeah, we're going to leave it the same. The Reds spent the second most, if you look at positions on the diamond, the second most money on third base of the entire team. Obviously, Joey, first base, that's the first most expensive spot on the field for the Reds. And pitcher, you've got a whole bunch of guys, so we're not counting that. So third base is the second most expensive spot on the field because you have $7 million to Geno and $14 million to Moose. And you did not get anywhere near that type of production. Let's, let's break it down because here's the thing. Let's start with Suarez because Suarez is fresh on the mind because the last month of the season, he went off. He was phenomenal. In fact, I mean, let's call it what it was. It was good baseball, good hitting from a Eugenio Suarez in those 73 at-bats for the month of September and the three days in October. He had a batting average of 370. He got on base at a 460 clip and he slugged 808. Beautiful. He had eight home runs. In the month of September slash three days of October, he was phenomenal. 
and everybody, including myself, because I'm, I'm hopeful of this, was saying Gino's back. Gino's got it figured out. And that's a very real possibility because we're talking about a dude who he had that shoulder issue before 2020 season. And everybody said, you know, he was medically cleared. He's fine. Everybody said he's healthy. But it surely looked like he was a different player. It surely looked like whatever they had to do to repair that injury, he had a lot more to not necessarily rehab, but a lot more to figure out physically when it came to hitting a baseball for his career because he looked completely different. He was very choosy. It looked like he was either going to swing or he wasn't before the pitcher even went into his motion. So he wasn't trying to recognize pitches. In the month of September, in the final month of this past season, that looked completely different. He was recognizing pitches. He was not chasing as many bad pitches. He had 22 strikeouts that month, which actually I think was one of his lower months of strikeouts for the entire year, so far as months that he actually played the whole time. Because for most of the season, we wanted him platoon slash completely benched for anyone else. Because let's look at this way. So, all right, the good side is September and the three days in October, those were phenomenal. Here's where you got to have a little bit of perspective if we're going to say that Gino is back. That month, good. The 177 games before that, going back to the beginning of 2020, bad. In those 177 games, we're talking about 630 plate appearances. He had a batting average of a buck 79. He was getting on base at a 273 clip. And he was slugging 397. Again, a strength of Eugenio Suarez is the strength of hitting the baseball. He's a power hitter. But he had 397 slugging percentage in 177 games. So here's the thing when we talk about Gino. Is he back? Maybe. The problem with that is the numbers would say we still need more data. We still need more positive stuff. We can't just look at the last month of 2021 and say, yes, he is back. Because the seven, eight months, I forget, I think it's eight months before that, were bad and terrible and no good and very, very awful baseball from a Eugenio Suarez. Can we say he's back? I don't know. Here's the converse of that. Mike Moustakis. Oh, we don't even really have a positive month to lean on for Moose. And I love Moose. And I know that Moose brings an intangible to this team, the locker room presence and the leadership that guys have harped on before. They they love it, not harped on it. The guys have praised before. They love having Moose on the team and in the locker room. The thing with it is his production has been markedly lower since he became a red. In fact, you can look at his slugging percentage specifically. I always like to look at slugging percentage because that's just, that's more, it's telling me more than just batting average. It's telling me how well you're hitting it. If you're getting extra base hits, all that different stuff. I like looking at that. For Moose, there's been a marked drop off over the last three years. In 2019, 516 slugging percentage from Milwaukee. That was what the Reds were buying. That was what they were hoping they were getting. In 2020, it went down a bit to 468. And you're thinking, okay, well, maybe it was just, you know, adjustments. And he was a little bit hurt in 2020, so maybe he'll be better in 2021. 2021, he was hurt more. And when he played, he had a 372 slugging percentage. So 2019, 516. 2021, 372. Not good. 
Plus, when you look at Baseball Savant and StatCast, it says that he wasn't getting unlucky. He had below average, uh, as far as league average goes, he was below the level of league average with his average exit velocity, his barrel percentage, his hard hit percentage. He also had the highest strikeout rate of his career and his lowest walk rate since 2017. So yeah, when we look at these numbers and they're not great, we also look at the peripherals and they're not great either. We're not really getting good news when it comes to Moose. And that's concerning because one of these guys has to be the third baseman in 2022. The Reds are not getting rid of both of them. They're not replacing both of them with guys who are just going to be uh, light the world on fire or something like that. So the Reds have a problem at third base. And a lot of the solution is going to require a little bit of hope, which I know is not a strategy, as Chad Dotson would always say. But you're going to have to hope, which means that there's going to be a big question mark at third base to begin the season. But I'm going to tell you what I think about the possible solution coming up here in just a minute because it was a frustrating season for the Reds and hope at third base, and hopefully they don't have to go through that again. We'll talk about that in a minute. Before we talk about that, though, you know what's not frustrating? Built Bar. Built Bar is amazing. It's not frustrating because it's made with 100% real chocolate. We're talking about 120, 130 calories for a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It fits into every single diet, including keto, because it's low in net carbs. We're also talking about less than 4 grams of sugar, less than 4 grams of fat, and up to 18 grams of protein. But you know this already. I've told you about this for a long time. You know about Built Bar, but yet you still haven't tried it. What are you waiting for? Go to Built.com today. Use the promo code LOCK15. I am telling you, you will not believe it. You will, I mean, well, you'll believe it. You will not question me again. Look, I, I give you some bad bets sometimes at bet online. I understand this. I, I don't necessarily give you the best tips when it comes to that. But when it comes to food, you can trust me. Built Bar is phenomenal. And they've got amazing flavors too, like Cherry Barcia. That cookie dough crunch, I believe, is still available. And it's phenomenal. Real cookie dough in there. Plus, you've got cookies and cream. You've got great fall flavors probably coming out soon. I think Apple Crisp will be coming out, which is a really good one as well. You've, you've got to check them out. BuiltBar.com or Built.com. And use the promo code LOCKED15. You can get a mix box to figure out what your favorite flavor is. Get a variety of three flavors where you get six bars a piece. Or you can get a whole box of your favorite flavor. And use that promo code to get 15% off. What is it? Oh yeah, LOCKED15 at Built.com. Alright, so I talked about the problem. Here's the solution. we got to go with Gino. You got to commit to Eugenio Suarez playing every day. And it's weird because you want to talk about a roller coaster. A roller coaster is what we've thought of Eugenio Suarez over this past year. Let's go. Okay, so opening day. He's playing at shortstop. Hell yeah, that's a great decision. We love seeing that the Reds are going to be progressive and think outside the box and put Eugenio Suarez at shortstop. About into May. Oh my gosh, we need to take Gino off shortstop. What is it? He can't field. He has no idea what he's doing. His glove has holes in it. He can't throw from the shortstop. This is terrible. We got to get him out of here. Get to about June. Can we not play Gino at all? He's striking out all the time. The only thing he does is hit a home run, and that's once a week, if that. Well, we got to get him out of here. 
And then July and August, we keep saying the same thing, and they keep committing to him because really there's a bunch of injuries and Moose isn't healthy, and you don't really have anybody to take his place. So whatever, we're stuck with Gino, but we're complaining about him. Then September rolls around. Ooh, maybe he's back. Maybe Gino's figured it out. Maybe he knows how to hit again. Ooh, this could be good. And now we go into the offseason, thinking positive thoughts, good vibes only. We're really hoping that that is what happens. But again, may I remind you, told you about the sample sizes and, and what you can expect. The larger, much larger, 177 games compared to 25 games sample size is telling you be cautious. However, I believe that Gino's the way to go because everything about Moose, all of the numbers and all of the peripherals just are, are leaning me to think it's time to cut bait and run. The Reds need to figure out a way, maybe trade him to a team that he can play every day or something like that and kind of figure things out. Uh, they're going to have to eat a lot of money to do that, which I know that they're not want to do. And we're talking about a guy who is already on the books and they already kind of had his contract figured out for a couple of years, but I just don't think that you're getting anything out of moose from here on out. He's just going to be a roster spot that could go to somebody else who could probably be more valuable, like an Alejo Lopez or something like that. But I think that Gino should be the guy now. Caveat to that, there needs to be a short leash. We can't be here in the month of July and him hitting a buck 80 again and us being like, maybe he's back. Maybe he can figure it out. I don't know. No, we can't do that again. If he is hitting a buck 80 after the month of April, it's time to start working in somebody else. Maybe give Max Schrock an extended look at third base. I think he could field pretty well at third base, and we know that dude can hit from what he has shown us in 2021. Hopefully he can continue that next year. But I believe Max Schrock will be a big part of this team next year, and I think if Gino struggles, Max Schrock should get a shot. Then you also look at Alejo Lopez. I don't think that guy, we don't know anything about that guy because whenever he got a shot, looked like he was pretty good. And then they just sent him back down again. So I think that Alejo Lopez deserves a shot there. He's a switch hitter. He could be a platoon buster. You don't need to worry about platooning him because he's got that switch hitting ability. And, and he's a much a vastly different hitter from a Eugenio Suarez. He's a contact guy, but that could be cool. I mean, we got plenty of power hitters on this team already, I feel like. So here's the thing, though. I think that Gino really has a shot, and I think that he found that switch. He found that extra gear in the final month of 2021, and he can build on that. So I want the Reds to commit to him. I know that's weird to say, given the rest of the data, probably saying that that's not a great idea. But what do you think? Let me know. At Jeff Carr with three Fs, and follow the show as well at Locked On Reds. You can also dial in, uh, call, or text the Locked On Reds line at 513 five, four, nine, zero, one, five, nine. Uh, I, I know that there's also the, the idea that maybe they could go with, you know, Mr. Outside higher for the third base spot. But again, you've still got the contracts of Moose and Suarez to figure out if you want to move, which Suarez might be easier to move than, uh, Moustakis from a money aspect, but both of them being on the roster and not being big contributors is a huge drain on a franchise that continually tells us how poor they are. So they're going to have to get one of these guys to work out. And I think Gino has the best shot of doing that. All right, coming up here. Oh, what's up, Joe? 
Coming up here, we are going to do some playoff recaps. I'm going to talk to you about all the action that happened on Friday night. Going to be a little bit of a segment that I, I try to do throughout the playoffs as we talk about what's going on in the postseason that the Reds decided they didn't want to get to. That's coming up here in just a minute. Before we get to that, though, I want to let you know you can still take advantage of this amazing welcome offer at betonline.ag. Go there today, set up your profile, and type in the promo code Locked On. You'll get 100% more. That's right. Buy one, get one free. You put in 100, they give you 100. You put in more, they give you just as much because it's 100% more from what you deposit using the promo code Locked On. BetOnline.ag has great lines. When you're talking about Major League Baseball playoffs with series prices, you can do futures as to who you think is going to win the World Series and game-by-game -game stuff, talking about even props as well. If you want to bet on Randy Arozarena's trying to steal home plate again, I think they've got that prop on there. That would be amazing. There's all kinds of great stuff at betonline.ag. Plus, with football going on, I mean, heck, I'm wearing a football jersey. You've got an NCAA action to bet on. I took the Bearcats to cover, and boy, did they ever. And you've got NFL. So check it out today. Get off the bench, get in the game, and head on over to betonline.ag. Set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get a 100% welcome bonus. Get your bankroll bigger than ever with betonline. .ag. All right, so for this last segment here, I want to recap the playoff action from Friday night because there was a lot going on. We're going to start with this. The White Sox got run out of Houston. I mean, that pick couldn't have been more wrong as the Astros disposed of them like they were taking out the trash cans. So, uh, so far, no one has actually uh, proven the absence of said Astros communication devices. Gonna need a trash can report from John Morosi on that one or something, as Houston made it look too easy in the first two games and could complete a sweep. That's right. I told you White Sox were gonna win in four. The Astros have a chance to sweep a Chicago team I told you to pick to win this series. <sighs> in all seriousness, though, it was a major bummer for the White Sox in game two as a guy named Bummer gave up three runs in the seventh before he was pulled and Craig Kimbrell gave up two more. Uh, yeah. To use a hockey team or a, a hockey term when it comes to the Astros, um, they look like a wagon right now. Going to be interesting. Speaking of seventh inning drama, there must be something to that inning as the Brewers got a two-run home run from one rowdy dude and their pitching did the rest. No Williams, no problem, as they kind of bridged the gap from an embattled six shutout innings. I say that because Corbin Burns, yeah, he pitched six shutout innings, but he gave up three walks and a couple of hits. He was in trouble in a couple of different innings, but he was able to pitch out of it. But they bridged that gap to a save by Josh Hader with none other than Adrian Hauser. The Braves might have a mighty fine lineup, but, they, but good pitching is brewed in mass up in Milwaukee. Brewers are up in the series one to nothing. Now we go from pitching to not pitching as Mac Jones and the Patriots won in Tampa. Oh, whoops. Uh, <clears throat> misprint there. The Red Sox scored two touchdowns and made everybody think they were playing football where each score is six points instead of one. The This despite the five runs that the Rays scored in the bottom of the first inning, but Kike Hernandez for the, Red, for the Red Sox had 
was a triple shy of the cycle because he had three doubles, one, two, three doubles. He had a homer and he had a single. Wait, that's five hits in a postseason game. Holy cow, what a performance. Yep, dude had five hits in a playoff game. Boston heads back to Fenway, tied 1-1 with Tampa. Now, rounding out the night, last but definitely not least, Dodgers and Giants. That was a shutout. The Dodgers got shut out. That's right. Logan Webb, not any of the other four starting pitchers the Giants have who used to pitch at Great American Ballpark for the Reds, tossed seven and two-thirds innings of shutout ball. He only allowed five hits, and he struck out ten. Just a phenomenal performance by him. And uh, they also got three homers. They got a two-run home run from the Reds fans' other favorite catcher to boo, Buster Posey, in the first inning. And then solo shots from Chris, not in Chicago anymore, Bryant and Brandon Crawford as the team with the highest percentage of runs scored via Homer in 2021 does it all with the long ball and takes a one nothing series lead in the Dodgers and Giants NLDS. Uh, yeah, so for the crowd that loves to harp about you can't just rely on the home run, I give you the Dodgers, who are the best, uh, who had the best record in the National League. I think best record in baseball. Yeah, something about the home run. I guess it scores runs and wins games. What can you do? They're up one nothing. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see because now the Dodgers are turning to Julio Urias, who yeah, he led the team in wins. But again, we talked about how many times I really care about pitchers' win loss records on this podcast. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Dodgers can do against this because they really got to hope that they can get to Max Scherzer in the next game. Because if the Giants go up 2 nothing and they go back to L.A., you don't want to see that. Which I think I still think that this series is going five games. These two teams are just too good. But, man, oh, man, looking back at that Boston-Tampa game, Kike Hernandez with five hits. Are you kidding me? Five hits in a postseason. Plus, you're talking about the Rays, that they have a solid pitching staff. This isn't a team that just barely limped into the postseason with their lineup and some kind of pitching. This is a good pitching staff, and they gave up 14 runs. The Red Sox scored six, so they were up 8-6 to six going into the seventh inning. They scored six more runs in the final three innings. I, uh, you know, to... Kind of say something I always say whenever the Reds score like 14 runs in a game. Hopefully that's not all the runs they have for the rest of the series because, well, the Rays are going to make short work of them in Fenway if that is the case. But looking at this White Sox series with the Astros, man, oh, man, I really thought I thought the White Sox were the better team. But the Astros have looked every, every bit better than the White Sox, and this looks like this series is going to end very promptly. And the Brewers, I mean, look, it's it's one game. But this is the thing. There, there was a play early on in the game, I believe it was like the first inning, where the Braves had runners on first and third and nobody out. And this is the thing that I'm talking about with the Milwaukee Brewers. All year long, they've looked like the team of destiny. And what happens in that case? You've got Rowdy Talese holding the runner on first base. The ball gets hit straight to him on the ground. He steps on first base and throws it home for a double play. That's the kind of thing that Milwaukee has gotten all year long. Raddy Talese isn't getting to that ball if it's not hit right to him. He's not necessarily known for his range at first base. Milwaukee just has it. Whatever it is, 
whoever is playing Milwaukee is going to have to go up against the team of destiny. That's why I picked them to win the world series. That's why I didn't really understand why they were plus 800 to win the world series. Cause who's not watching this. Who doesn't know that Milwaukee has just had everything go their way all year long. Plus, if you can tell me that they can get around the absence of Devin Williams and they didn't have to pitch Brad Boxberger and they didn't have to pitch Aaron Ashby, like, oh my gosh, the, the, the team is packed, stacked, and loaded with pitching. No two ways about it. Well, I can't wait to watch even more of this playoff baseball action. We'll keep you recapped each and every day here on the Locked On Reds podcast. That way, if you don't get the chance to watch all of the playoff games, you can still know what's going on. And we'll talk more about this roster. Going to uh, look at the outfield starting on Monday. Probably take a couple of days to look at the outfield because there's lots of things going on in the Reds outfield. That's coming up on Monday here for the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this weekend edition of the podcast now. Go check out Locked On MLB as Sully has even more of a breakdown for this MLB playoffs. That's Locked On MLB free and available wherever you get your podcast. That'll do it for Locked On Reds. I'll talk to each and every one of you on Monday. <laughs>